Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V, right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, Jack Cavanaugh, I am joined once again by a guy who knows a little something about meeting the Minnesota Vikings, about winning against Minnesota dominating in the NFC North, a guy with a couple interceptions in his NFL career, led the NFL in interceptions, all pro safety, Glover Quinn. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm all set for Christmas. Have one last stop that I got to make before the holidays, and then I am good to go and just get to enjoy the holiday season this year. Hopefully the Lions don't ruin my Christmas Eve like they did last year against the Panthers. But other than that, I'm good. How about you? That's, that's good, man. I'm um basically done with shopping. Um, just gotta do a bunch of rapping right now, but I enjoy I enjoy the rapping process. So it'll be good. Put some Christmas music on and sit around and light some candles and wrap some gifts. So I I enjoy it. I enjoy that process. And I actually like Christmas on a Monday. I know people that is that that's in the the workforce. They don't necessarily like Christmas on a Monday because they really only get one day off for the most part. But I just kind of like it on a Monday. You know, you look at everything that goes around into it. You know, you kind of get that last weekend of shopping or whatever you got to do. You get a Sunday Christmas Eve of football, right? So got a lot of entertainment on Sunday afternoon, especially when you're probably gathering with your family and stuff anyway. Um, and then Monday, you know, you're off regular work and you celebrate Christmas and enjoy the, the holidays. And, you know, I kind of like it on a Monday. It's kind of weird when it be on like a Wednesday. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like Christmas on a Wednesday. Uh, I kind of like the weekend you know, Saturday or Sunday. I mean, really, I don't really like it on a Saturday, but really like Sunday or Monday. Yeah, it just it makes the build up to it just that much sweeter, that much more enjoyable. And we get to watch our Lions on Sunday as well, though I do feel bad for the teams that are playing on Christmas Day. Well, you know, it's only what? It's, this is the first time they're doing football on Christmas Day. So it's what? Yeah. How many games on Christmas? I think there's only two. I think there's a 430 and a night game. Yeah, but I—I I mean, outside of the ones that 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 are traveling, yeah, you know, a lot of times these games provide entertainment for these families because when you really think about it. I mean, for the most part, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, outside of seven o'clock in the morning or whatever, when your kids are waking up and excited for Christmas gifts. After that, like, what do you do? You know, I mean, unless you're gathering with your family and enjoying, you know, that type of stuff. Your kids are playing with new toys or, you know, you're tired because most parents probably was up late wrapping gifts and kids were up early wanting to see what Santa brought. And so now it's 1230 and everybody's like tired. So you take a midday nap. Then you wake up and watch basketball or something, right? So 
to be able to get up and enjoy Christmas morning with your family and stuff like that and then have some football on the on the back end. I think that's pretty solid. Um but the kid the guys that are traveling obviously it's not it's not the same for them. Um but I'm sure they'll figure it out. Now the Rams and the Saints, you know, they they got lucky. They got the good they end sure of the stick. Did. You know, they played last night, so I'm sure they'll have they might come in Friday. They might come in today just to go ahead and knock the film out just because, you know, well, the Saints, well, neither one really. The Saints season's over with, so they probably not coming back. The Rams won big time, so they probably like, we don't need to watch this film. Enjoy your, enjoy your weekend. So they're probably getting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off anyway because they played the Thursday night game. And instead of coming back to work on Monday like normal, they're probably getting Monday off because it's Christmas. So see you Tuesday. It's perfect for them. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, that's a, a big win for the Rams and for the Saints. A bigger win for the Rams because they won the game that they're going off on the Saints. They're pretty much eliminated from the playoffs. But if the Rams had lost, the Lions would have clinched playoffs last night. Rams win. Lions not in the playoffs yet, but that changes on Sunday. There are three things that the Lions can win on Sunday or going forward through Sunday. Number one, with a win, they clinch playoffs. Number two, with a win, they clinch the NFC North. And number three, with a win, they are one step further to getting that second seed. And you know what? I think they had a situation on what it was Monday night where if the Eagles would have won, the Lions would have clinched, I think. And then you look at last night, the Saints would have won. I think the Lions would have clinched. And I like the fact that the first time in a long time that that they have an opportunity to win a division, get back into the playoffs, that they got to do it on the strength of their own muscle. Yep. You know, not sitting back, oh, well, this team won, so now we're in. No, go beat Minnesota and punch your own ticket. You like you control your own destiny. Don't you don't have to sit around and wait for other people. Yeah, it's it's nice if it happens that way. But go punch your own ticket. You go to Minnesota and beat Minnesota and you're in. You clinch. Like you can do all those things coming off of a great performance and a great win. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, last year they didn't play great on Christmas Eve. This year on Christmas Eve, they got a lot more to play for. Uh, And so I would hope that they will go out and take care of business because, I mean, they got three games left. Two of them are against Minnesota with Dallas in the middle. You don't want to go to Minnesota and lose. Then you got to go to Dallas. That's going to be tough. And now you're looking at 
the last week of the season and you're still trying to, and I don't want to say trying to clinch, but you just want to go and control your own destiny and do it on Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is nothing better. And Dan Campbell loves this phrase. There is nothing better. And he always uses it when it's something difficult. It's something that the Lions have to do. There's nothing better than a come-from-behind win. When you have the ball, you can march down the field and beat the Chicago Bears. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than controlling your own destiny. And so what the Lions are saying, and obviously maybe they would be happy, they'd, they'd obviously be happy to clinch the playoffs, but what they've been saying in the media is, hey, we want to be the ones to punch our own ticket. We don't want the Eagles to do it by beating the Seahawks. We don't want the Saints to do it by beating the Rams. We want to punch our own ticket, which echoes what you said. It just means that much more, feels that much better, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it does. You know, it feels great to to go out and earn your own stripes. You know, I remember in um in 2014 when we clinched our, you know, playoff spot, that felt great. And then going into the last game of the season, you know, we had a chance to clinch the division in the winner-take-all game against uh, Green Bay, and they won. But we had clinched our spot. In 2016 when we got in, we got in – on Saturday night, I'm sitting in the hotel, and I think the Washington Redskins at the time beat somebody. And by them winning that game, we basically clinched a playoff berth. But we're just – I'm sitting in the hotel in my bed. Like, so then the next day it's like, oh, yeah, we're in. Like, <laughs> you know, instead of going – you know, I've been in Houston where we've been on the road playing against a team and you go and win that game. We played an epic game against the Cincinnati Bengals and we end up winning that game and clinched our own, like we clinched our own birth, like not like we lost, but this team beat somebody else. So that actually put us in. It's still sour because you lost. No, go win, go punch your own ticket and control with everything that you can control. So I like the fact that these other teams haven't been uh, been able to come through and uh, clinch it for the Lions, that they have to go and do it yourself, and that's generally what happens on, on this road. And you get to celebrate with all your guys. Like you mentioned, you were celebrating alone in your bed, not really even celebrating because it's bedtime. I got a game the next day. Whereas you win the game, you go to the playoffs, you punch your ticket – Everyone, the entire team's on the field, the entire team's in the locker room. You just, you can't beat it. So I am excited to see the Lions head into Minnesota and get that W. Did you end up playing in the new Viking Stadium? I can't actually remember where they when they built that. When was that? Oh, yeah. I played six- three times in there. Yeah, so my that first was 2016. Year in yeah, my first year in Detroit, we played the last game in the Metrodome. The yeah. last game of the season. And then my second... And third year, we played at the University of Minnesota. Yeah. And we actually got lucky because 2015, we played there in week two. I mean, 2014, we played there in week two. So it wasn't cold yet. (laughs) And then in 2015, we played there uh, still kind of early in the season. So it wasn't cold then either. So. I didn't have one of those crazy cold games uh, outside in Minnesota that 
during that two-year stretch. Um, but then 2016, we played in the in the stadium, and it was epic. It's a beautiful stadium. The fans there are, are awesome. You know, I was doing a podcast with a Minnesota uh, a Minnesota podcast, and you know that's what I was kind of saying. I was like, you know, it was they were they were saying like. You know, the the only player that the Vikings hated was Aaron Rodgers. Um, but they had like a different respect for for me over the years. And I felt like the feeling was mutual. I felt like, you know, playing in Minnesota was was always fun. Their fans are great, their stadium, you know, they do that that skull chant and I mean it was just it I just had a great time and like I didn't feel like their fans were nasty or it was just good football, you know what I'm saying? It was just their cheering for their teams, and, you know, it just, it just was a good football environment. So I used to enjoy playing in Minnesota. We had an epic game there, uh, 2016, right? Stafford hits the deep pass across the middle. Andre Roberts, Prater kicks the long field goal. We go into overtime. Golden Tate hits the walk-off touchdown, all right? We come back in 2000, and that was 16. We come back in 2017. And I think that's when I had the punch out of uh, Adam Thielen um, at the end of that game. And then 2018, I think they beat us. That was my last year with Matt Patricia. I think they beat us. No, we might have beat them that that year. That might have been one of the games that we won, an epic game, because I think Slay had a couple interceptions that game. Yeah, we might have beat them that year, 2018. Either so way, either way, pretty good success. Had some had some really good success, epic games, some really great games in, in Minnesota. So it's fun to go there. The city's actually pretty cool too. I didn't think Minnesota was Minneapolis was a cool city at first, just thinking about it. But going there, the city's actually beautiful. Um, it's probably gonna be some snow on the ground this time of year. So I got you know, I got respect for Minnesota, man. The Lions got to go get this dub though. Yeah, it kind of feels like there it's a healthy rivalry between the Lions and the Vikings, whereas Lions and Packers is rage, hatred. We got to beat you. Screw you. You're the Packers. We're going to beat you. Whereas the Vikings, we're, we're going to beat you. It's a rivalry. It's it's intense, but it feels more built on respect than animosity. At least that's how it's always seemed from the outside looking in. So I'm excited to see the Lions against this Vikings team. It's a very different Vikings team. Then start of the season, they're on QB number four for the year. They're on running back number two. But this is still a very dangerous team. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you look at offensively, you know, they've they've had their ups and downs, their struggles. Obviously, you go through four quarterbacks. It's going to be very difficult to have any kind of offensive consistency. Uh, they had a couple, you know, a couple of good games early with Kirk, and then Justin Jefferson goes down. You know, then you get Josh Dobbs or whoever they had. Um, and they've had some scratches. They 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 started out bad and then they go on a little a streak and uh work they work their way back into, you know, a picture a little bit. But it just been inconsistent over there, obviously when you when you look at the quarterback and running back. But the thing that's been consistent is defensively they they they've played well. And you know, Brian Flores got, you know, this group, you know, he's he's putting a lot of a lot of DBs on the field. 
a lot of, you know, athleticism, and, you know, they're going to probably try to do that um, to match up with the Lions. Um, Harrison Smith has been there for a while. He's still playing at a high level. Um, Daniel Hunter, rusher, you know, he's still playing at a high level. So it's not going to be easy for those guys. Byron Murphy is a good corner that they got. It's not going to be easy for the Lions, but the Lions have a multitude of, of weapons that they should be able to exploit this defense. But they're going to have to go out there and play. And like I said, we saw what happened last year when the Lions had to play on Christmas Eve, on the road. Obviously, they're not outside like they were in Carolina. But this right here, you know, you get these little tasks. Like I always feel like, you know, God gives us tests. And until you pass the test, you continue to get tests. So last year we needed a team to help us into the playoffs. We didn't get that. This year we get an opportunity to control our own destiny, right? Last year we went on the road to Minnesota, I mean to Carolina, Christmas Eve. We didn't play well. This year you get the same opportunity. So we can really see have we grown as a team? Have we really gotten better? Have we been able to look in the mirror and see the things that we needed to improve on and we went out and improved on that? Is our focus going to be better? Are we going to be a more mature team this year than we were last year? Or are we going to be the same team that has some success? Now it's Christmas Eve. We can't block out all of the noise and the excitement of Christmas and everything going around us. And we go to Minnesota with an opportunity to clinch and we don't take care of business. Yeah, we need a matured Lions team from last year with Christmas Eve, with the cold. Can't have that happen once again. We need to come out swinging. We need to come out swinging on offense and defense. Because like you said, Brian Flores, the thing that, Blows my mind about Brian Flores' defense. And it, it's just looking at the numbers here. But usually when you see a guy is blitzing a lot, usually they're not dropping eight in coverage too often. However, when you look at the Vikings' defense, no team blitzes more than the Minnesota Vikings. But also, no team drops eight, only rushes three more than the Minnesota Vikings. So they're either coming out with an all-out blitz or they're dropping eight in coverage and only sending three at you. It is it's like nothing I have ever seen before in the NFL to have that big of a swing between two. Usually it's one or the other, not both. Right. And, and that's crazy. You know, I, I, I don't think I've seen that either. You know, you, you're either a blitzing team or you're not. And he seems to be basically both. We, we are a blitzing team, but we're not. Yeah. And we're going to show so. you blitz even when we're not blitzing and good luck figuring out if we're dropping right. eight or sending eight. Right. But and and that's the thing, like when you're when you're that either we're blitzing everybody or we're blitzing it doesn't take the quarterbacks long to figure that out. They I mean obviously if everybody's coming, you're gonna feel the rush. You're gonna feel a surge of people running at you. If everybody's dropping, you're gonna feel like, oh, everybody dropped out. So that's kind of a weird uh weird thing but hey man he's the coordinator not me 
Well, and you got to think a lot of the success they've had against is against rookies, is against young quarterbacks, and that's always been a staple of the Bill Belichick defense is rookies don't know what to do. Obviously, veteran quarterbacks are able to feel the rush or feel the back off, but then there's those disguise blitzes that come in and all that. So you get guys like Jake Browning, who's only played about five NFL games. You get Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, and it's a lot easier, whereas Jared Goff, he's a veteran. He should be able to stand in there and deliver the ball. Should be. He should be. And, you know, I want to see Jared have another good game, you know, continue to build going into the playoffs, have another good game, another great performance, control the offense, be good and paused on the road. Last time we went on the road was in Chicago. Didn't play great. Didn't play great at all. So I want to see him come out again, have his troops ready to go, be focused. Um, I don't want it to be a one a one game thing where they get Jamison involved, um, Jamison involved, do it again early, often, get Jameer Gibbs the ball. These are your young, explosive offensive guys. That's not taking anything away from David Montgomery, but Jameer Gibbs, Jamison Williams, these are your explosive guys that opens up things for everybody else. So we have to get those guys involved, and I want to see if they can do that two weeks in a row. Or if it was just a one-time thing, they heard some noise, now they want to get Jamison involved, and then that's no longer the case. And it could be Jamison. You know, like I say, I don't get to see how they practice. I don't get to see them in meetings. I don't know. You know, he may not know what he's doing. I don't know. It's the reason why he's probably not playing. But let's hope that that – Whatever he did the week before to get himself ready to go, let's hope he continues to do that. Yeah, we need another big week from the offense, especially in a chess match like we're going to see against Brian Flores' defense. And Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, he's found himself in the news as of yesterday. A report comes out that Ben Johnson is asking for $15 million if he's going to be a head coach. That would put him tied with Pete Carroll and Sean McVay and only behind Sean Payton and Bill Belichick. And then his agent comes out and says, we haven't made any demands yet. We haven't put anything out there yet. This report is false. And I don't know where I sit on that because I could see that being leaked and then the agent denies it to save face. I could see that just being a rumor that someone started. I don't know how to take it, but here we are. The Ben Johnson hype train continues from last year. (laughs) I don't know, man. Like, you know, I've always kind of felt like that stuff is a little iffy. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't know, and I'm sure it happens, right? I'm sure it happens. But I just find it very difficult for somebody in the national media to report something that they know that is a complete lie. Yeah. There's no evidence of anything. Like, how can you in the national media just make up a story and say, Ben Johnson wants $15 million a year. Like, I feel like they always hear something from somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. I just don't, like, if you're in a small town, somebody may make up a story about you just to whatever. 
But it's, it's just hard for me to really think that these people in the national media that's writing a story or breaking some news, Adam Schefter is breaking some news that he knows is a complete lie. There's no truth to it. So it makes me feel like his agent has talked to somebody or he said something to somebody or somebody he know has said something because, I mean, say, for instance, me, right? I got friends. What if I'm talking to one of my homies? I'm like, yeah, man, by the time when it's time for me to come back up at free agents, I'm, I'm trying to get 20 mil a year, right? You don't know who your friend tells. Yeah. He could tell somebody, hey, man, I was talking to GQ. He said he won 20 mil a year, right? Next thing you know, a story comes out. Glover Quinn says when he gets free agency, he won $20 million a year, right? Yeah, your agent might come out and say, we haven't said anything like that. Yeah, y'all have talked to each other about it. You haven't publicly said anything to any media, but he told his friend, and his friend said something to somebody, and or he said, it, it stuff gets out. Yep. So, I mean, like you say, I don't feel like you have to backtrack. If that's what you want, then that's what you want. Like, Now, are you going to get it? I don't know. Maybe somebody will pay you that much. I don't know. I know there's a high, that's a, you know, a category of coaches that's well uh, respected, well, you know, to be making that type of money. But, hey, I don't even know what the going rate is for a head coach in the NFL. I don't know. It, it to me it just comes across as it's something happened at some point whether he told a friend whether the Carolina Panthers who he said no I don't want a second interview next year whether something happened in that conversation or maybe it is a team like the Carolina Panthers who are saying hey we've heard he wants 15 million trying to scare other teams away because the Panthers will pay it and other teams are I don't know what happened but I guarantee there is more than nope this is a lie this is a lie never happened there, right. there's, there's some truth behind that. Right. Because I guarantee you, if somebody offered him 15, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be like, oh, no, I didn't really want 15. I only wanted it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I want. Yeah. Somebody somebody said it. It's, there's no way that this hasn't been said. Like you said, it could have been a team put that out there. It, it, somebody said it, though. Yeah. Somebody it's not made said up. It. Ben, and of course, when you're in the media like Ben Johnson is, every time the coach is fired, oh, Ben Johnson, he could be the next coach. Oh, coach is rumored to be fired. Oh, Ben Johnson could be the next coach. It's just the cycle that the media is in at this point. And I don't know how to make it. We'll find out at the end of the season, I suppose. Or we'll see how the season keeps going. Maybe something happens. Yeah. And I mean, NFL coaching, head coaching jobs are like... <laughs> I don't know why anybody would turn down uh, an NFL coaching job. I mean, I feel like you have, from a financial standpoint, you really have no downside because for you to get an opportunity as a head coach, that means you have a good background. And they always fall back to their background. So if Ben Johnson is a great, known as his really good offensive coordinator, if he gets a head coaching job and fail, 
then somebody else is going to pick him back up to be an offensive coordinator because he's proven that he could be a good offensive coordinator. Just because you're a good coordinator don't mean you could be a good head coach. But you've proven that you can be a good offensive coordinator. So if you take a chance and try to be a head coach and that doesn't work out, they still know he could be an offensive coordinator. But you signed a five-year whatever deal with the team and it didn't work out, so you get fired after two years, three years. They're still going to pay you. So it's not like you're losing your money. And then you go and be an offensive coordinator again somewhere. Like, why not? It's not like you're going to get fired and now you're out of the league. You can't never coach. No. You get fired from a head coach. You're going to be an offensive or defensive coordinator somewhere the next year. It is very rare we even see coaches drop down to the positional level. It is, it, it, it's not, always a coordinator or they become a head coach just in college. Yeah. They're not, you're not, once you reach head coach status in the NFL, you're not going back down to position coach. You're not. You're not. Now, I've seen coordinators go down because you get fired as a coordinator. Obviously, you're you're showing that you're not you're not getting it done as a coordinator. So you might have to kick down to a position coach at some point and whatever, work your way back up. But if you get fired as a head coach, that means you've proven that you are a good coordinator. Right, it's very rare that people go from position coach to head coach. Yeah, you generally go position coach, work your way up to coordinator, then work your way up to head coach. Very rarely do you see somebody go from a defensive back coach to the coordinator. I mean, to the head coach. Right. Generally, like you say, you got a young defensive back coach that's good your defensive coordinator gets fired they promote the the db coach to be the coordinator or you have a good coordinator your head coach gets fired they promote the coordinator to finish off the season right that's generally how it happens so once you reach that status of being the nfl head coach you're no you're not going back down to position coach because you're going to go one step down back to coordinator. And all of this is going to become interesting in the off season. When we see what moves are made, who's poaching from the Detroit Lions staff, free agency, all that. But for now we've got a matchup with the Minnesota Vikings, a date with Nick Mullins, who had two pretty brutal interceptions last week. I think we can turn the ball over this week. And I think we can put up some points on offense. I think we're looking for a hard win, a hard fought win, but a good win all the same. Right, I, I think it'll be a tough win. Um, you know, I want to see some more turnovers, though. I feel like the turnovers have not really been there. You know, um, you know, we don't get we don't get a lot of turnovers from the secondary, from strip sacks. It's like we don't get a lot of those. So it just puts a lot of pressure on you. So hopefully they can get a couple. Um, hopefully they can get a couple. But obviously the line secondary, they're young. So there's not a lot of disguising and, you know, fooling the quarterbacks and all this stuff. A lot of times you know what they're in. You know what they're doing. That makes it difficult 
to get interceptions. You just got to make a good play on the ball. But hopefully they can fool Nick Mullen or get him to, you know, make an errand throw. We can get a couple interceptions, turn over something to to just make it a little easier on yourself. And we might have CJ, GJ, CD, Deuce, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson returning this week as well. He's got a penchant for turning the ball over. So it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. I'm still cautious with my optimism, but I am optimistic heading into Christmas, heading into Christmas Eve. Any final thoughts, any score predictions, any takeaways from this game or the NFL in general? Um, You know, it's the holidays, and I, I love the holidays. So it's a great time. Monday is the holiday, so this is going to be a great holiday weekend going to get some football you're going to get some basketball going to get some family time enjoy enjoy all those things um remember jesus is the reason for the season and you know when it comes to the game i don't know a lot about minnesota i haven't watched a lot of those guys i've seen some um you know, Justin Jefferson has been up and down with his injuries and this and that. Kirk went out. You know, they played the Raiders to a 3-0 game in overtime. So, offensively, they just haven't been a juggernaut. Now, the Lions have a real good track record of making average offensive teams look like really good teams. But I'm just going to say that the Lions are going to correct what they did last year in Minnesota and in, in Carolina. They're gonna play great on the road. I'm gonna give Minnesota 10 just because the Lions will give up 10 points. But they're playing inside on the turf. The Lions put up points last week. I'm going to get the Lions 31. I'm going to go 31-10. Three-score win. 31-10 for the Lions. 31-10 Christmas Eve victory for the Detroit Lions. What a beautiful way to kick off the holiday season that will be. And then we've got Christmas. Remember the reason for the season. Remember to appreciate everything that you have enjoy it's not all about football but football just makes things a little bit more fun so enjoy your holidays but make sure you remember why you're all gathered make sure you remember to celebrate your loved ones celebrate your family and just enjoy the season and enjoy the win yeah definitely the win that's gonna make christmas even better because the win's gonna come on saturday on sunday so you're going to wake up happy er, on Monday for Christmas. And then all those Lions gifts that you're given from your family members, all the gifts of the Lions you gave to your family members, they're just going to hit even harder because of the win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And all those pretty pictures that you take, all those yep. beautiful things. Just call GQ and we'll get them framed up for you. They'll look even better. Exactly. Got to <laughs> capture those memories. Got to make sure you're hitting up GQ framing because you can't beat it. You absolutely can't beat it. 
Thank you so much for joining me once again, Glover. Thank you so much for all the work you have put in this year. It is truly a pleasure getting to work with you every single day. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas, and I hope your family and your friends all are blessed this holiday season. Same to you, man. It's fun. It's always a pleasure, man. You work really hard at this stuff, man. I tell you, you make my job easier. Um, so, yeah, Merry Christmas to you, the fam. Hope you all have a great time. Hopefully it's beautiful in Canada. Get a little white Christmas. Um, it's not going to be a white Christmas here in Texas. But <laughs> I hope you guys have an amazing day. And to all of you out there as well, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, enjoy the holiday season, and we will see you after this win against the Minnesota Vikings. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.